Folks, it's good to be back with you, and I'll be sharing a little bit more about that in, uh, in just a short while. But uh, before, we, before we do, um, got back... Got back last week and just, you know, this had been a time of serious reflection, of course, while I've been away. And uh, there's something that hit me last week. I, I came back a little early uh, unexpectedly and wanted to hurry back. Um, and so I was actually here last Sunday, wasn't, wasn't expecting to be. What a magnificent time it was to be back because what I noticed as I was here is the people I had been praying for on mission fields were all back. Nathan Stanell was here, Amber was here, Katya was here, the entire Vienna team was here. That was exciting. Just to like, hey, we're all back. This is fun. There's just some energy that came with that. And then, if I'm not mistaken, I think all the men who had filled the pulpit from our church were also here last week. I kind of looked around and went, I think everybody who was here, obviously the visitors from outside, they weren't here. So that was exciting to see. And then, of course, there's just the excitement in in my own spirit. Some of you don't experience this, but to know that um, when I left, we we weren't planning on continuing the ministry of the man cave over the summer, but some guys had asked for it to continue. And Cruiser has been leading that as the summer chill, but that's exciting because I know he does a good job. He's, he does this. But I'd also learned while I was gone that there was one night you were going to be on vacation, and Mark Halverson, he led the summer chill night that night. Mark Halverson! I mean, miracles are still happening! I tried to ask him how it went. He said, well, don't ask me. Ask somebody else. I can't tell you. What do I know? That would be a typical Mark answer. So I asked some of the guys this last Wednesday night, because I had to be there, reconnect with these guys. And they were like, yeah, he did a great job. He did a great job. And in my mind, I'm going, reaching and developing. In all of these different areas, people were developing. Saw Katie Miller. She'd been back from Vienna. This was her first trip. Katie, was it good? It was good. (laughs) It was good. Yeah, it was good. Tell me it was good. It was good. She's excited. I can hardly wait to hear from the Vienna team. Good, good stuff. And so there's just this wonderful sense of, of energy in that, although the summer, sometimes if you're here and attendance is down, you think nothing is happening. It's like, oh no, friends, God was moving. And things were happening in the midst of our fellowship. That was in itself exciting. And now I'm here this week, excited to be back. Cannot tell you the joy of just worshiping with you uh, from the back. I just can't sit down at the beginning of a service. Never have been able to. So back there, but just to be reunited with you. Um, and I'm aware of the energy that all this stuff brings. But I'm also very much aware we're a different congregation. Because when I left that last Sunday, I have forever in my mind... Lowell Hogberg doing what Lowell Hogberg did every day after a service. He stopped and he visited people. And you know what he was doing in all that visiting? He was loving people. Because that's what I picked up after, the, after, the, after memorial service yesterday. Then I got a chance to talk to different people And the same story, it's the same story told in different ways, but it was the same story about Lowell's impact upon somebody's life because of the very presence that he was 
And in every case, ultimately, what I realized was happening is it doesn't matter who they were, whoever was in front of Lowell, he dealt with them with love, caring, and kindness. He just did, which is why at the end of a service, he's going to see who's here to greet, who's here would God have me to just, to just touch base with them. And sometimes he's touching base with people he'd met before and can't remember, that's fine, it's good, because he's there loving. And that's why for a guy his age, the size of that funeral yesterday was significant. That's why my son, Matt, made a special effort to rent a car and come home and even though he'd been away from his family, just to be at that funeral, and why each of my other children tried to get home, although they couldn't. And they weren't the only ones making a special effort. And we're a different congregation now, because we don't have Lowell. And that just, I I say all of that, because I found myself back there saying, you know, uh, Karen said to me, say, hey, we have a lot of visitors with us today. And I found myself back there saying, who's going to take up Lowell's place to welcome the visitors? Who's going to step up and say, somebody's got to love these people who are with us? Somebody's got to acknowledge that they're here. Somebody's got to take that risk and go up to the stranger and introduce themselves with the love of God flowing from their heart just because they care about the stranger in their midst. I trust God will raise up in our midst. It's going to take more than one person to, you know, you don't replace Lowell. That's all there is to it. But I trust he will raise up from Lowell's example others who will say, you know, I just need to love some people around me here. Because that's what people were telling me in one way or another, how Lowell loved them. And they'd receive that love from him, whether for they knew him for a couple of years or whether they'd known him for 30 or 40 years. He consistently shared that. So this is, we're back, but we're different. And I'm counted an honor to be with you again. I have one, um, I have one request to be able to make, and that is Judy in the midst of everything that's been going on since I've come back. Somebody from your family, Maddie. Updates on Maddie. I haven't had anything recently. Okay. 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 So a two-day this week, and then a five-day in two weeks, and that's what's scheduled. And we're hoping that that's the end of that entire course of treatments. Okay. All right. Well, let's... uh, uh, let's, let's come to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Let's do that. Father, I, I, I rejoice to be back with these precious people. I rejoice, Father, to be in their midst and to uh, simply, simply reconnect with precious brothers and sisters in Christ. I thank you for that, Lord. And uh, as we have prayed so often before for Maddie, we bring her before you again as we've just, with this update, understand she's nearing the end of this, of this bank of treatments that has gone on for months now, Father. And we pray again for her. We pray that you will bring healing through this to her body, Lord. We pray, Father, that uh, uh, when they've gone this last couple of rounds now, that they will be able to 
uh, release her from any further treatments, that she might get back to being healthy and, and, and running and playing music as we saw her play here at Christmas time, Father, um, that, that will all return. And uh, we pray again for uh, Mike and for Sarah and the rest of the family as they wait to see what is happening there. And so we, we commit her into your care, Lord, uh, yet again, and entrust her to you. And Father, we thank you again for, uh, for Lowell. We thank you for his life, for his testimony which will be spoken of here for years to come, Lord. But rather than just speaking of this man, Lord, I pray that we will learn from his example. I pray you will raise up from our midst those who will love the strangers among us, those who will take the risk to care for people before them. Because, Lord, we know um, we're lacking something without all here. We pray for Vi. We pray for his children that they might all know your grace and your presence in their lives as they seek to uh, understand life now without this gracious and kind man having input into their lives every day. And so we uh, commit them again into your nurturing care, Father. And for the many family members that will be doing traveling, have either begun to travel back or are, still, are, are in route now or will yet be traveling, we pray that they will all re- return safely. Uh, to the places from whence they've come. And now, Father, as we take a few moments to open up your word and to move forward in this service, we pray that uh, in a very real way your presence will be known among us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said, I um, was able to be here Last week, uh, unexpectedly, but it was wonderful to sit here and uh, to enjoy time with you. Uh, most of it was wonderful. For the most part, it was wonderful, okay? Uh, th- that one little thing, I mean, Mike did a great job speaking. But that one little thing where he began, you know, Gary's been doing this thing called a table talk for like a really long time. And it's okay, but I, I'm, I'm going to do a church chat, and I think I'm better at it than him. I mean, other than Mike insulting me at the beginning of what he said, okay, I thought it was pretty fun to listen to him speak. For, I haven't had a chance to hear him in quite some time. So uh, I got over that. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. But um, I wanted to, I wanted to, as I, as, let me say, August is going to be crazy here, people, okay? So I don't know how August is going to unfold. I realized I had an idea in mind of what I thought I was going to do preaching-wise when I came back. <laughs> yeah, throw that out the window. We're going to take each week as it comes. Because we have so many people. These have been on the missions field. We've got to get caught up with them, and we need to take time with them. We have people coming from Vienna. We've got a church picnic in here. we just got a lot that is, a lot that is going on. And today, uh, we're going to move right through a time where we have a magnificent privilege as a church. You'll recall last, I think it was in April or May, when Paul Bond was here and uh, informing us and giving us a, a, a full idea. He and Trent gave us a full idea about the ministry that's going to happen in Nepal. And I just thought it was a wonderful thing that Paul said. He said, we will be their sending church. What a rich honor that is to stand with this young family and, and carry that responsibility with them. It's something we've been praying for, that God would raise up some people from our midst who would sense his call. And he's answering that prayer from right 
among us. And so we're going to, we're going to move to that, and then together we're going to share in the Lord's table. And, and that is significant to me because last time I was with you, our last service, we shared the Lord's table together. We finished up our study in Mark, and we touched on, on the verse where Jesus said, I will not drink of the, of the fruit of the vine with you again until I drink it with you in the kingdom. And I thought, well, I, I, hopefully it won't be in the kingdom when I next see these people, but uh, this is my last chance to be with them, and we reflected upon that. And now here we're back, and uh, we wound up bumping last week's service to now, so here I get to pick it up with that. And I think how wonderful that we also get to send Trent and Jody off with this. But I'd like to just share a couple of thoughts about it, and I hope you take it in that, that I haven't overstated what I'm trying to say. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. While I was away on sabbatical, I had some time to reflect, had some interesting thoughts and insights that came. By the way, as I'm, as I'm looking out this way, I, I see some of the Vedbrotten family here. Last time I sat with the Vedbrotten family, we were having ice cream overlooking the beach in Clearwater, Florida. And they treated me to ice cream. It was wonderful. I got a chance to visit with them for about an hour. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, it's just, I find it's fun to meet up with people in a different place than when you typically know them. I just think that's a hoot. And uh, I had known before they left, uh, before I left and they left, that they were going to be vacationing down there. So I said, Let's get, in, you know, let's get in touch, okay? It wasn't like they were interrupting my sabbatical. I'm the one going, let's do this. So uh, we did it. We had a great time. But uh, two things hit me early on, and I will be sharing, um, as, as time allows in the weeks ahead, things I learned or considered learned while on sabbatical. But the first one, I learned a lesson from this hat. Rather nondescript hat, isn't it? Kind of common hat, isn't it? You guys surprised to see a camo hat? Like, yeah, what's the big deal? Because you've got a camo hat, so what? All right? Because you walk anywhere around this area, not only do you see men in camo, you see children in camo, you see women in camo, then they put a little pink alongside of it, and then it's feminine camo. Okay? (laughs) We don't give it a second thought, do we? And so I was heading into some store and wanted to grab a hat for the walk through the sun across the parking lot. So grabbed my simplest hat to put on and I walked in, did all my shopping, walked all around and realized I'm the only guy wearing camo. It is not a color in Florida. Plain and simple. But it's normal to me. And it's normal to me because it's what's normal here. And it's what I have identified as to what matters to me, the people that matter to me, the area that matters to me. And I realized, as much as I love being in the warm weather and where I can get to a beach and get ice cream with a family that's traveling, as much as I love that, my identity is here. It's no longer the suburbs of Chicago. 
It's not places I go to to visit. It's here where we wear camo and don't think a second thing of it. And I found I was proud to be identified with you. The second thing that I want to share relative to time that I was down there, as I reflected on this hat and what it caused me to think about, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And in a short while, people, we're going to share in this Lord's table and there's two things that took place in all of this, right? Number one, Jesus came to do what? He came and identified with us first. He took on flesh. as He, be, he took on the form of a servant. But it, uh, Philippians chapter 2 said he emptied himself of, his, of the glory that he was due. And he took on human flesh. First he identified with us. And then he died for us. I don't want to in any way equate what I'm going to say with what Jesus Christ has done. So that's why I want to make it clear. Don't think I'm going too far with this. But as I had the privilege to reflect on, being on sabbatical, walking the Clearwater Beach, letting my mind just disconnect from everything, so that from a gift from you guys, that it, was, that it was a refreshment for me. That it was a time to just you know, disconnect so you can come back. We can jump into the fall ministry. We'll be ready to go again. And what hit me time and time again was how generous and kind and gracious you as a congregation were to me specifically for the sabbatical, but also through 22 years of ministry together. And I found that not only to identify with you is something that I was proud of, but I also found a great sense of satisfaction to be able to say before the Lord, Lord, I trust I've laid down my life for these people. I trust that my being here and asking my family to come here, the things that we gave up See, this kind of, I see it as two phases. First, uh, first was giving up, laying down my life first, just generally for the sake of the kingdom. When 30 plus years ago now, I was working at Travanol Labs and, you know, working with scales and working with heating things and pipettes and measuring things and all of the stuff I had to do in this particular lab. Working with this science equipment and having a very real sense of, I can't do this my whole life. For me personally, I cannot spend my life working for some corporation to help make them money. My life has got to count for something more. It's got to count for the kingdom. So after two years there, I went off to seminary. That was the first stage of laying down my life I trust, is answering God's call. And then there was 10 years of preparation for coming here. The first four years of preparation took place up in Lake Bronson and Lancaster, who took a risk on me as a new seminary grad that nobody else was willing to take. And I'm forever thankful to them for that. 
And then I had six years with my mentor in Wisconsin. And he was able to one-on-one invest in my life in the way nobody else has. And I have thought it a thousand times. That, although it was times in the ministry, those were just preparations for my real call. My real call to come back to Minnesota. To work under men and their wives, like Lowell and Larry and Bob and these older ones, Floyd. These older ones we looked to were board members when I came. These older ones who have exemplified for us, and there's other names that I could throw out. Please don't be offended if I don't throw your name out right now. But to work under them and to learn from them. And men whose godly example I will never match. And I know this. But but God gave the privilege to come and sit under them. And to work with them. And to watch new generations come up. And to see that the the, the board leadership that we have now. As an, an entire generation save one are no longer on the board. And we have a great board. And we got the best chairman you're going to find. You have to go a long way to find a better chairman than the chairman we have. And I mean that, people. You will go a long way before you find another chairman that could hold a candle to to a Miles Hogberg and his wife who supports him ever so much. And then the rest of the board members. And I walked the beaches, thankful. One, to have identified with some small-town people with big hearts. And two, to be able to count it a privilege, I trust, to lay down my life, that every day, this is the calling for which God had prepared me. This is the work of my life. That I could do my best before the Lord, honestly before the Lord, to serve you. I thought what a rich and blessed man I am. So that's the first thing I learned. I love you and being identified with you. I count it a privilege to lay down my life and serve alongside of you. As we seek to understand the magnificent work that God is doing in our midst. So thank you. Thank you for letting me have that sabbatical. Thank you for the chance to clear my mind and have these thoughts. Because in the fullness of what goes on, boom, 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 boom. I'm thinking about boom, 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 boom. And to disconnect and have some time to think and reflect was very significant. And those are the first reflections. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus Christ went to the cross, and we'll reflect on that. I can't die on a cross for you, but I do count it a privilege. To be here and to do my best. To serve you and to serve with you. 
I trust you know it to be an act of love on my part. I thank you for that. Now, as we think about that, we have a young family who also believes God's call is upon their life. And they are ready to go lay down their lives. They are ready to go lay down. Trent and Jody, if you guys would come up at this time as I'm, as I'm introducing you. They are ready to go lay down their lives. And uh, Trent has been there. He sees, he understands. Jody knows from pictures Trent's stories. She believes he's told her the truth. I don't know. I think he told her about some, you know, massive, beautiful, luxurious home they're going to be staying in. (laughs) Air-conditioned, plenty of food, you know, a staff of eight to ten people she'll have to manage, right? I think he told her stories like this to get her to go. But this precious couple are prepared to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. They can't be, they can't be anybody's savior in Nepal but they can be the presence of the Savior as they lay down their lives to serve, to serve some kids who we don't even begin to understand what, where these kids' lives are at because, as Trent has told us, they, they get some of them at five years old. Parents can't afford them, and so out into the streets they go. And this couple is coming to lay down their lives for those kids and to and to um, minister to them and to love them. And so we want to give them a little bit of time because this is their last Sunday with us. We want to give them a little bit of time. And um, I'd like you to wrestle with that. Either how. We, we, I threw this out to you. It's not like I'm catching it by surprise. How did you know God was calling you? Why are you willing to do this? What, what's in your heart that's motivating you to lay down your life for these poor kids? in the streets, in Nepal. So I'm going to give the microphone to Trent. He's going to decide whether or not he passes it to Jody. Precious Jody is like my wife, Lori. You guys know after 22 years, Lori doesn't, not only she does not want to speak, she doesn't want you even to call her up here on a platform, okay? Jody's like that. And I was trying to encourage Jody to say a little something, but Trent said he'll kind of know by looking at her whether or not we're going to do that yet, Okay. <laughs> So, Trent, go ahead, buddy. I want you to get us up to speed on what's going on with you guys. And, uh, indeed, just, uh, just take it from here, right? <laughs> well, the answer, why are we going, is, is just really simple for me to answer. Um, Jesus laid down his life in order to adopt me and us and to be called our Heavenly Father. And he's laid before us this choice and asked us if we're willing to lay down our lives and adopt the fatherless. And we are willing because of who he is and what he's done for us. Is that powerful? It's powerful, isn't it? Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're in this together. We're in this as a family. Um, Jordy and I's hearts are the same. Um, we see pictures. Um, I still continue to get pictures from our contacts over there, from one of my partners that is actually doing the chicken farm. Um, 
and my son, daughter, they're, we're all impacted by them. We, we see the pictures, we see the kids. Um, sometimes you just, you break into tears. Because I know God has a time. But we go, how many kids went to bed tonight without someone saying they love Without a father. Just to put a hand on and say, I love you. And I care about you. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, like Gary said, this is be our, will be our last Sunday here. Um, Brent mentioned about our moving sale. Um, we'll be down in Fargo for a while. Um, I will be flying out to Kathmandu um, either the end of this month, first part of September, and then Jody and the kids will be coming over with some other friends uh, the 28th of September. And that's when our ministry starts. Um, I will continue to send updates back here um, to keep you guys updated on everything we're doing. So I just also want to say thank you to our supporters and you as a church for supporting us and believing um, that God is sending us and catching his vision for what we are doing in Nepal. Amen. Um, yes, yes. Uh, give us a brief moment as far as where you're at on the whole support thing. And if God moves, may move in somebody's heart today, okay, what a next step would be. Um, Support-wise, we are at three quarters right now. Um, our original goal is 24000 That's one year um, of my salary for us to live on. Right now, we're at 18000 um, which is enough to live. We can live over there um, on that. But if the Lord moves each of you, any of you, to uh, give, I do have pamphlets um, that has the address for our organization, um, the nonprofit. Um, otherwise, it's just um, expenses to get us over there, plane tickets, um, money to get our visas, and just to get going. Um, anyone can give that. The cash donations go towards getting us over there. Um, otherwise, you can write a check for um, tax deduction for a nonprofit. And we can do that either. So, whichever way you'd like. So, they're not yet fully supported? Um, and, and people, you do understand, right? $24,000 for a year is nothing to have a missionary family on the field. And then after that, there should be self-support happening from the chicken farm procedure. Tell us where that's at. Um, the chicken farm, uh, barn one, is up. We have chickens in. Um, middle of September, they will be going to the processing plant. Barn two is almost completed. Um, then that will be producing chickens. Um, the one thing with this, the chicken farm will be generating full funding for everything we're doing. Um, that way all funds are locally generated within the country of Nepal for the ministry in Nepal. Um, so yes, our support is only for one year. That's all we're asking. Then the chicken farm takes over. Um, the barns are modern barns, just like you see here, fully enclosed, 10,000 chickens per rotation, a rotation of seven weeks. So we're planning on having six barns actually on one little piece of property. So that is tremendous funds that are going to be generated within country to reach um, 
for the name of Christ in Nepal. Amen. We got a lot more detail on that earlier in the spring, so we won't go into great detail. But just to remind us, okay, they're asking, they're needing support, trusting the Lord for support for one year, believing that this chicken operation then, which is now up and functional and going to continue to establish itself, will then be able to support this ministry. That's the goal of the chicken farm thing. It gives work to the indigenous people and out of it supports missionaries who are there to love like one area, these abandoned kids. And that's what they're going to do. And it is absolutely magnificent. They're going to identify with the people of Nepal and lay down their lives for them so that they too might know the message of Jesus Christ and find life in him. This is magnificent, friends. This is magnificent, and, and, and as I say, an answer to prayer, it's our privilege as a church to be, to be sending them. I want to throw out one thing now, as we're, before we pray for them, I want to throw out one thing now, and then we're going to come and share the Lord's table as a, as a church, and a, the last thing we do in sending them off, because this is, this is the message that they will be bringing, is it not? God loves you, and he's demonstrated that in Jesus Christ. So it's significant that we share this with them before they go. Um, I found it interesting that sharing the Lord's table in a number of different churches while I was gone. And how it's a thing that ties us all together. But the one last thing that I want to throw out, they don't know about this. It's, no, we're not trying to make any big deal out of it. But they're going to lay down their lives. This weekend... They're having a moving sale. Here's what I understood them to say. So, so what are you bringing over with you? Uh, you got missionary barrels. We've heard of the missionary barrels. Well, the cost of bringing missionary stuff over, stuff over is so expensive. They get what they get to carry with their plane tickets. So what they can pack in eight suitcases is what they bring to Nepal. That's why they're unloading everything, friends. They're just getting, getting rid of it all. And then go to Fargo, stay with family until you take off and, and have that important time with family. Um, and I'm sure finalizing details with what has to happen there. Um, and then they go. Wow. I thought of stuff we could give them. It's like, what can we get? They can't take anything. <laughs> it's like we can't give them something to take. It's like we don't have room for anything. You know, we're paring this down to minimal stuff, but there is one thing that we can do. We can just bless them with a love offering before we leave here. Think about that. What they're giving up, packing into eight suitcases, to go love the abandoned, unloved kids in Nepal. And think about what we have and what we're going to stay home and continue to enjoy. At the end of the service, we have two of our missions committee people will be stationed at each of the doors. If, you, if God moves... That's all that I would ever ask. If God moves in your spirit, you say, I want to, I want to get behind them. They, they, need, they need some funds to get over there, and their ticket prices. All, there's all sorts of things. They're walking by faith on this thing. They're only three-quarters supported. If you want to give, you can either give a cash gift. If you write a check, write it to the church. Leanne will see to it that they get a check written to them so that you can get a tax deduction on that. If you do cash... We can't do a tax, a tax deduction that way. Um, but if you want to 
uh, if God prompts you. Am I making any sense there at all? Okay, we get that. All right, but um, we just want to bless this precious couple as we have the privilege of sending them. So what I'm going to ask, I ask two groups of people, if, if you'd please come. I'm going to ask first the missions board, and I'm going to ask our church board, if you would please come. If you would please come at this time, we're going to stand. We're going to stand with this family, and, uh, and we're going to pray for them. Okay? And... Um, uh, I think the other thing that I would like to do, and I don't know where the overlap is, and forgive me for that, that I can't, I'm, I'm lucky if I'm remembering name these days. If we have any deaconesses who are not up here, but you're out there, would you please come? Thank you. Thank you. Because I know these deaconesses are going to be concerned about Jody and what is it like to be a missionary wife there, and um, uh, what is it like to be a mom in, in these kinds of things. So... Um, we're going to be praying for this family, and I'm going to ask if you all would please stand with us as we pray for them. And uh, they're exactly right. If women, if you could come in, get your, get your arms as close as you can. If you can't get them on Jody, get them on the hand of a woman who's got her hands on Jody. And men, if you'll come over here and get behind Trent, if you would do that, that would be absolutely great. And um, I'm going to ask our missions chairman, Larry, if he will pray, and I'm going to ask Amy's right here in front. She's also on our missions committee. I'm going to ask Amy if you will pray. All right, I'm going to hand the mic to Amy. I'm going to give it to Larry, and we're going, this is our prayer for them, is when they leave us here, we may not see them again until after they've been to Nepal. Okay? So, Amy, would you please? Heavenly Father, we lift up this family before us. Pray that you'll go before them and smooth any paths that they will travel along. Pray that you'll be with their finances as they get their tickets and all of the travel needs taken care of, and that you'll um, you'll just financially prepare the way for them. We thank you for them, and we'll miss them, and we pray that you'll keep them safe. Help them to know the love that is surrounding them, and that they are loved and supported back home. I especially pray for these precious children. We are so proud of them. Keep them safe, Lord. Help them grow strong in you. And may their lives be an example to others. In your name, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for people. Your desire is that all men should be saved. Thank you for that you this includes the people in Nepal and thank you for your Holy Spirit that has prompted this family to go and minister to them. I thank you for them that have responded and had this in the foremost part of their hearts and minds 
that this is what they should do. I thank you for your word and your Holy Spirit that makes this happen. So now, as we see them ready to go, we commit them into your hands. We know that you can use them beyond what we might ask or think. You can use them beyond their own ability because you will be working through them. We ask your protection, your blessing, and your Holy Spirit's leading in all things. We pray that you overrule the the evil one who will perhaps attempt to disrupt this. But you are more powerful, and we, we ask you to protect them from any wiles of the devil, Father. We seek your, your blessing. We seek your care for them and your direction. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Trent and Jody, thank you so very, very much. Lord bless you as you go. And uh, we do anticipate you're staying in touch with us, okay? That uh, you don't leave us and then not stay connected. You guys, greet them as you, as you leave the platform, would you please?